0: In a recent exciting episode, you learned what led to the creation of the IRA, but how and why did the self-directed variety of the IRA come to be? The answer is, it was there all along. I'm Brian Ellis. I'll tell you about it right now in episode number 215.
1: You're listening to Self-Directed Investor Radio, America's only podcast exclusively for affluent self-directed investors, where every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you receive innovative investment strategy and deadly accurate market analysis that's untainted by Wall Street and unblemished by government propaganda, all in seven minutes or less. Coming to you now from the SDI360.com studios, here's your host, Brian Ellis.
0: Hello, SDI Nation. Welcome to the podcast of record for savvy, self-directed investors like you, where you learn how to find, understand, and profit from exceptional investment opportunities, this is episode number 215, so be sure to check out today's show notes page at sdiradio.com slash 215, where you'll find the links to all of the resources I reference in today's show. Today is the second show in the series I'm calling Self-Directed IRA Fundamentals. And by the way, if you missed show number one of the Self-Directed IRA Fundamentals series, you really must check it out right away. The link to that is on today's show notes page at sdiradio.com slash 215. Now, in that first fundamental show, you learned how that lovable little account known as the IRA came to be. And you've got to admit, it's a pretty intriguing story with plenty of corruption and, and uh, lots of craziness mixed in for good measure. But, of course, you and I are less concerned with IRAs generally than with self-directed IRAs specifically. So what event, what act of Congress, literal or figurative, resulted in the creation of the self-directed IRA? Well, the answer is ERISA the same law that created the plain Jane IRA in 1974. That original law placed practically no restrictions on what could be done with an IRA. So the notion that there's the normal IRA and the self-directed IRA, well, that's that's false. They are one and the same. So why is there the broad perception to the contrary? Folks, it's all about the custodians, not the law. It's the custodians who place those limits on your IRA, not the law. But there were two things about the way that law was structured that contribute to the false belief that IRAs and self-directed IRAs are different from each other. The first thing about that law was that it required that IRAs be held by a custodian, a third-party financial company, something like a bank or a brokerage company. And the second thing about that law that's profoundly relevant to me and you right now is that the law does not require custodians to offer the full breadth of potential of the IRA. It's totally at the discretion of the custodian. So custodian A might restrict clients to stocks, custodian B to precious metals, and custodian C might allow absolutely everything. And those variations among custodians A, B, and C, well, that's totally consistent with the law. Now, that wasn't profoundly relevant until the 90s and early 2000s when technology brought the price of stock trading down far enough that it was practical for the little guy to trade his own account. At that point, the self-directed IRA brokerage account became a very big thing. Sure, it was self-directed, so to speak, as long as you chose to invest your money into stocks or mutual funds or publicly traded assets. And because those accounts proved to be so successful for the Wall Street firms, they advertised heavily. And so the term self-directed IRA came to be perceived, inaccurately, I might add, as an account where you can choose anything you want, so long as that thing is a publicly traded instrument. So remember this. The thing that allows for self-direction is the custodian you choose, not the account itself. The account created by law has very few limits. That's why one of the most foundational aspects of the whole self-directed IRA thing is to choose the right custodian. Don't choose one just because it says self-directed on the door. The IRAs at Charles Schwab, E-Trade, and Fidelity all say that too, but those IRAs won't let you buy real estate. Those won't let you invest in private loans or intellectual property or tax liens or any of the myriad of other types of assets that could be a great option for you. And I'll go one step further. Just because a custodian will allow you to own, for example, real estate in an IRA, that doesn't mean that they're sufficiently self-directed either. Because there are some really big differences among the self-directed custodians too. One of the biggest is whether the custodian will allow you to use something known as an IRA LLC, sometimes affectionately called a checkbook IRA. Now, if you're not familiar with the concept of an IRA LLC, don't worry about that because that's the topic of our next stop on the tour of self-directed IRA fundamentals, the next installment of which happens in an upcoming episode. And you can find the link to that episode on today's show notes page at sdiradio.com slash 215. But allow me to put it like this. The checkbook IRA gives you a huge degree of power. You can actually largely circumvent the involvement of your custodian and their fees in your account by using a checkbook IRA. But there's a dark side, And it's incredibly easy to get off the straight and narrow with these things. And the ramifications of doing so are kind of Armageddon-like. So we'll dive into that topic in an upcoming episode. I've got a lot to say about that particular controversial topic. And it'll really probably make a lot of you very uncomfortable, unfortunately. But let's circle back and wrap it up for this episode number 215 like this. When the IRA was created back in 74, it imposed nearly no limits on the type of assets you could buy in your IRA. Those limits have been imposed by the custodians who offer IRAs, and it's only been fairly recently that truly self directed IRA custodians have begun to spring up in large numbers to challenge the well entrenched notion that self directed means you can choose any stock you want rather than any asset you want. But you, my friends, know the truth, and the truth can make your retirement investments free from the chains of Wall Street, he said in his best evangelist voice. <laughs> You know, my dad was a preacher. I never had that uh, evangelistic calling myself, but but that's changing now. I hereby declare myself to be the self-directed retirement account evangelist to the world. (laughs) My friends, please do this for me right now. Text the word SDI Radio with no spaces or periods to 33444. That will get you on the free SDI private update list. But only do that if you're seriously interested in self-directed investing, both within and outside of retirement accounts. I don't want a bunch of casual looky loos polluting my subscriber list. <laughs> so, again, if you're serious about self directed investing, text the word SDI radio in those spaces or periods to 33444 right now. My friends, invest wisely today and live well forever. Thank you for listening
1: to Self Directed Investor Radio with Brian Ellis. Don't miss a single episode. Be sure to subscribe to Self Directed Investor Radio right now on iTunes, on Stitcher, and at SDIradio.com. Your feedback is always welcomed via email at feedback at sdiradio.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only and is not intended as legal or professional advice for your situation. Content is the property of the Self-Directed Investor Society.